This is the Championship Clubs Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Championship Clubs Podcast. We're back. Championship Rugby is back this weekend. And after a brief absence, the main man himself is back. Gully, great to see you, mate. Although I'm a little bit sad to see that the Tash has gone. That was outstanding. How are you, bud? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, happy to jump on. It's been a while. Um, talk a bit of champ rugby. I'm looking at myself on the and I'm like, who's that guy? But yeah, the Tash, the Tash was good. There was a bit going on sort of in the Devon area and at our local club, Iverbridge, with the, with an unfortunate suicide of a 16-year-old. So um, yeah, it hit me quite hard, actually, just thinking that, and obviously the family. So managed to raise a bit of money. Um, around 400 quid personally. So it was something I was sort of wanted to get on board with and hopefully we can uh, raise, sort of raise a bit of awareness around suicide prevention, which I think, you know, has hit someone or someone close to us all at some point. So it's, uh, yeah, we need to just to keep banging the drum after, no, drum after November as well. So, yeah, glad the moustache is off. It was, a, I know we, we met, didn't we? You're still rocking yours. And uh, I looked at a photo and I just thought that looks like a bloody broomstick like a brush so I was like it's got to go I've got to look a bit more professional for work so I'm hoping I've done that but I do look a bit ridiculous without it as well well fair play to you mate and, and good on you and good to have you back as well lots to get through today on the show but uh, like everywhere uh, in the in the rugby media this week I think we can only start with one place with uh, the sad passing of Dolly Weir uh, last weekend uh, I was at Twickenham uh, when the news broke uh, and you know the the impact that that guy has had on on the wider rugby community, both from his playing career and what he's done since his diagnosis with MND was was visible. You know, there was there was a lot of people that were very, very, very upset. Um, you know, the games lost a great guy, the the world's lost a great guy, and just for me, I just I said to the team, I, I personally wanted to speak about it because he's somebody that's massively influenced me with rugby when I was when I was a kid. I watched that '97 living with the Lions video, you know, everyone's spoken about it and that mistaken identity, that great piece and turned him into one of the great characters of the game. So, yeah, really sad news. Um, but yeah, everyone of the, the Championship Club pubs, Clubs podcast just wanted to take a take a second to reflect and, um, yeah, on a, on, a, on a great life and a great battle from from a great man. So, yeah, thoughts with, with Doddy Weir's family at, at this time. But yeah, like we say, we've we plenty to get on onto today. Um, you mentioned it there, actually, mate, you know, it's worth pointing out where this show originated from, I think, because with with COVID, a lot of a lot of us have never actually met. Uh, I came to the party a little bit late. Um, I think that was the first time you, my, myself and, and you we met in, in the uh, at the Monet in the last game of the, the Championship Cup. I've met Charlie Beckett a couple of times. I caught up with him, seen Gareth, seen Michael Casey over the road. Not not managed to pin Kev down yet. None of us do. He's quite an elusive chip character, but. Yeah, it was it was good to finally meet up in person, mate. We got our photo, and uh, it's just good to see some some love for the show out there, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. And like, I've still never met Mike Casey, and we've done probably twenty shows together. Um, and it was yeah, you're actually taller than I thought, <laughs> better looking than I thought in per- in person. So, and Charlie's not, <laughs> <laughs> and we can do that because he's not on here. But yeah. It's, it is weird, like you say, like we did originate in the uh, in COVID in COVID times, and uh, yeah, we've done a lot of good things think, since then. And I think sort of it was good to be at the game and people talking to me personally about about the show and what we've what we've done. And we're not blowing our own trumpets, but it's it is nice, I think, for players supporters to have someone just or a group of people talking positively about the league, which we do always, but also being real about the league. Um, and I think people appreciate that, but. 
it was uh, like I said, good to meet you all, and um, it's good to watch some champ rugby because I don't get off, an, off, an opportunity very often to see it live, and it was good to catch up with the Amtel lot, sort of former club, and also sort of the Pirates guys and Paves hospitality was fantastic food was good and it was just good to be back around the, around the rugby scene you alluded to it there we'll give a brief overview to the cup in, in a moment and, and look ahead to obviously a huge huge round of league fixtures and some big games and, and pick apart the he- headlines in the game but we'll start player of the month award we, we announced that yesterday as we record today on on friday into december now of course but last month was obviously dedicated entirely to cup action um so lots of new faces plenty of regulars too but a new name catching the eye in, in Will Gibson of the Cornish Pirates, who was announced as as Player of the Month. Um, I know you were at that Ampdale game where he was man of the match. How much were, were you impressed with him, Gully? And, and is there anyone else that's caught your eye as well? Our nominees, obviously. Yeah, um, I was watching the game with with obviously Georgie and the Twins, but also a guy called Nathan Strong, who's, who's Morgan's dad, who plays for Amtel. Um, I went to Bermuda with him a few years ago on the Lions. Very boozy trip. But... Um, he, he also caught my eye. I thought he, he had a good game, but we were chatting, watching, and uh, I think the comment was that Seven's going to win Pirates the game, um, and Will Will being Will Gibson, and it was uh, it was pretty obvious that he was the outstanding player on the pitch. Um, and it was, I think we, we every club will say that their back row or their seven or their six is one of their better players. Everyone has one. Amtel had a Joe Burses who wasn't playing that game. And, you know, a, every every club fancies their seven. But I just thought on the day, it, was, it wasn't it was necessarily the tone of turnovers. It was the time of the turnovers. And it was big moments in the game when the game could have gone either way. And he came up with those big moments. And he's been doing that through November. So, you know, that's that's one of the main reasons for for him getting it this month and it's that consistency of performance I think he he knocked up a couple of man of the matches for you as well hadn't he so you know it's, it's well deserved and it was like I say really competitive with with uh, player of the month as well with the other guys that were nominated yeah I think with Gibbo as well he's, he's had to bide his time obviously we've had strong back row options last season a couple of those guys have moved on he got a chance last year he can play across the back row um, and obviously he's got some more, more appearances under his belt this season but in, in that cup and Speaking to, to Gab Paves, Louis as well, you know, that cup, we didn't have the luxury of being able to make wholesale changes. So we've sort of just filtered lads in and out. And and Gibber was one of the beneficiaries of that. He, he played in the in the game prior to the cup against Scottish and was good. I think he's had two uh, champ team of the week in a row nom- nominations where he was in the side. And he's he's catching the eye. I played with him actually when he was 17, 18, and he was dominating men's rugby as a, you know, as a, a kid, really. And, and I, just, I knew then that he was going to, you know, turn out to be. You know, someone who played at a high level and, and obviously do very well. So yeah, I'm pleased to obviously continue to work with him in a different guise now. But um, yeah, fair play to him. He's he's done well and he's uh, he's on the bench tomorrow in the in the league and looking to come on and make a, an impact in a big game, which we'll uh, we'll speak about in a bit. So you're part of the recruitment team now. You're claiming all of that success. Is that what is that right? <laughs> no, the only the only thing I am mate is a fossil. I'm 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 an old I'm an old washed up has been who was never in anything anyway. And uh, I just like to, if I can name drop and sprinkle in a few names where I've played with, and I will. But Gibbo, Gibbo, he's a good lad. He's a he's a he's a Penryn lad up the borough. Um, uh, yeah, and he's 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 doing really well for himself. So, looking at the cup, teams well placed, I suppose. With you know three rounds in now, and it's difficult if you've had a good start, like like Ealing, Doncaster, and Pirates have, who are all fifteen from fifteen, I think, then you're in you're in good stead for for those last three. Probably only need to really pick up another bonus point win because a lot of those sides are sort of one win, couple of bonus points here and there. I think Jersey are occupying fourth spot at the moment. So the semis at the moment, 
we'd have to look at the maths as to who's seeded where and what they're doing with it. But it's Ealing, Doncaster, Pirates and Jersey, which is perhaps no surprise to anyone. Um, but there's still there's still that there's still that opportunity for some of the others to to come through yet, isn't there? What, what have you made of the first three rounds and that that title decider dress rehearsal we saw from Ealing and Jersey? Yeah, that was um, that was quite tight, wasn't it? Um, I think Jersey, looking at reports, I gave it a good go, but I think in the end, Alien maybe had a bit too much for him on the day. It's interesting the cup, isn't it? How the, how teams approach it because as a championship rugby player, you don't get many opportunities to win a trophy, and it's sort of. But then you've, you know, when I was playing, you had bigger squads to deal with the earlier rounds of the cup. Now you spoke about pirates earlier who don't have that luxury to to try players and have a wider squad because they're skinny be the same at Amtel and um and the Scottish teams like this so how teams approach it Jersey Ealing they want to win everything uh Pirates great opportunity for them to go and win a win a cup as a player and I think also like you said it's no surprise who's in that top four just remind me of how it works so top four seeded teams go into a semi-final is that right have I got that wrong? I think I think so. Obviously, last season the format was a bit all over the place, and it was obviously tailed on to the end of the season. We didn't really know actually until the end of the season how it was going to look. So it was a sort of week by week basis. I think the structure of the championship and the cup this season has been much better. Uh, so you've got three um, three pool games in November, three in February during the autumn internationals and the Six Nations months, which are which are good in terms of scheduling. Um, and then I believe, yeah, it's the it's the there's three pools. I believe it's the the winners and the best runner up. So I would imagine, based on that, it is the top seed will play the fourth seed, if you like. I would guess at home, and then second and third, based on ranking for points, tries scored, points difference, etc. So, be interesting to see who finishes where in that because you could have have a great you could have a great pool stage, fifth, you know, thirty from thirty, you still get pipped, and then you you have an away final if you make that if you win that semi final. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, and then and then like we said, just touching on squad, where's your squad going to be in February? And it, you know that'll have an impact on how the cup plays out, I think, um, especially for the teams flying for the fourth position, the, the three teams at the top with the, the full time um, gigs and you know programs. I think they'll be able to, they'll probably stay where they are, but like third, fourth, maybe you know maybe you may see a Coventry in there, you may see one of the other with the teams you know sneaking in there because like we said we just don't know where the squads will be at, at that stage of the season I guess it's got potential as well to sort of alter alter the trajectory of results at the end of the season as well because we know as well that the semi-finals are the week after the last round of championship fixtures and that final obviously comes after that so the first two weekends of May are going to decide the cup and you could have you could effectively ha- maybe have some dead rubbers or you could have some sides that are going to be rotating because they're going to be looking to target the cup and that could change results, whether that impacts the title race, whether that impacts the bottom of the table, it'll be really interesting to see by the end of February where everyone stands because they've got plenty of notice to know where that where they'll be uh, where they'll be playing and when, unlike the the Premiership Cup, which is a sham, I must say. I think, yeah, like you say, teams teams that are safe in the league at that point, and they'll know, you know, if Scottish continue their poor poor form, you know, teams that are, you know, twenty points up with four games to go still in the cup they're going to prioritize that game uh so there could be some really tasty fixtures like you said the format's better um it's something for players to get excited about something to, to support us and i think you said at the time when we when i watched the game the other week that you had a, a better crowd there than you did the previous champ game so there is interest from from the public in it um so that, i think that's a good thing as well we just spoke about the the premiership cup there and uh 
opinion I may have on on the on the structure of that. I've obviously been keeping tabs on the on the situation with the restructuring of club rugby in this country in previous uh, in previous shows. I suppose the the national side's disastrous autumn has sort of put that back into the media in, in recent days and and maybe the last week or so with the in the RFU and the PRL got picked apart by DCMS um, and though that that. Those notes are, are public now. Um, and this cross-premiership championship cup has again been mooted. All bit some very interesting tweaks on rules. We may, might talk about that in a minute. I'm not sure about some of them. But it's been a supposed kiboshing of the whole thing in the last few days. Maybe the championship clubs are, are sort of sticking up for themselves or tweaking how it looks. Stripping all of that back as an ex-player in the league, how much would you have enjoyed at the time, I guess, playing in a competition like that? And I guess at now, how much would you enjoy watching, you know, the championship and the premiership teams taking each other on in a cup competition. Right. I just think it generates interest in rugby if it goes that way. And I think that's, you know, looking at the game as a whole, um, numbers are down everywhere. You know, premiership, champ, sort of similar to what they've always been. And I think if a new competition came in like that, I think it needs to be structured correctly in the fact that what premiership team plays at that and what players are playing in it. Uh, But from a purely sort of interest level and potentially commercial level, it's got to be a good thing because it needs, it needs something. It needs something for, to sell, you know, it's, you know, we know the product's good. I mean, the premiership rugby has been fucking good this year. Like to watch it, it's been, it's been pretty good. I mean, I've watched a fair bit of it on, on BT and if, you know, it's been some really good games. Now, if we can showcase that as the championship against prem clubs, at, at the same grounds or, or you know, telling a story at Bedford and, you know, all the supporters taking it in behind the scenes, all that side of it. I just think it generates interest and it also generates people through the gate. Um, I'd like to see something like that. I just like a fair funding. You know, it's like, you know, how, how, how does that side of it look? Um, because, you know, a premiership second team, second, go old school and call it a second team, playing a championship for championship team, one team's funded to millions, the others, you know, getting 150 from the RFU. So how does that look from a championship point of view? I'd like to know that. And I think that's probably what they're discussing to make it a fair competition because it needs to be a fair competition. What we don't want is Quinn's playing Coventry and pumping them by 60 points. We don't want that. We want, we want to be able to have a close competition where there's realistic chance of anybody winning it. And, for, and to do that, there needs to be the correct level of funding in the championship, which we've banged on about for, majority of these shows over the years but it, it does and I think that that's that's where the competition needs to go and I think that's sort of right my view on it it just needs to be fair in order for it to work and be like commercially viable for the championship clubs it's funding and structure really isn't it because you, you obviously the funding yeah that's that's not going to happen overnight we it's a whole other issue I suppose is this supposed two two leagues of 10 premiership one premiership two where how that looks where we go with that in the in the coming weeks, months, years, whatever. But I, I think that the, the structure thing is the big thing for me. You only have to look at, you know, all, all championship clubs try to pull in a, a premiership club for pre-season, don't they? And that's probably their biggest gate of the year. We played Exeter in pre-season. We got three and a half thousand. I think Doncaster had three Prem teams in a row. I think Jersey had three Prem teams in a row. You know, big crowds, big interest, even though it's a, a not a competitive fixture. But align, aligning that up to, to make it competitive in the sense that Put it in the autumn international window, put it in the Six Nations window. So the Premiership, I know that's a that's a separate conversation, but those teams don't lose all their internationals and the level of interest goes down in that. And then you've got a more even side to take on. At the end of the day, if 
you know, we don't we don't say oh we we put we put Exeter to Exeter to the sword in preseason, but it was only Exeter. Da, 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 da. The record book show it was a it was a win against Exeter, and you, then you actually look through the team, it was fairly strong. But these championship teams at home on their day can can beat these teams that are at that level. So you'd say a premiership a prem for me a top level championship league fixture is very very similar in quality to a premiership cup fixture. And I don't see I don't see the difference when a lot of the lads go back to the, the Premiership Cup games. I think they'd be better place for their careers and their development to play in a in a full tilt Championship League fixture. Yeah, I, mate, I agree with that. And then I was just sort of thinking about, like you're saying, three and a half thousand people coming in to watch you play Exeter. You know, from a financial point of view, you you know, I don't know the numbers exactly. So just for 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 ease, you know, a, a, a standard week would be. I don't know a forty k turnover. They come in eighty to a hundred thousand. This is you know pounds. You have six or seven of those a year. That then becomes you then become a more sustainable. Not as more most of the clubs are sustainable anyway. But you've got opportunity then to grow squad or grow put that investment into the ground, and your whole business model looks better because you're attracting more people to watch you. So I think. It could be like what you've just said. It could be it could be real, a real opportunity for for rugby as a whole. Um, and I, I hope it I hope it gets squared away, sort of early next year, so we know where we're going to stand stand with it next year. And and clubs can start planning for a Premiership fixture, Premiership Cup fixture at home, and getting excited about it and selling it. And you know, and it it'll be pretty exciting for everyone, isn't it? And it, the league needs a bit of life, and I think it bring, it would give a bit of life to it. And I think it you know something like that has to happen. I'm with you. I definitely hope that we do see that soon. It does feel a little bit like this is a potentially a, a separate pod, and we do have uh, plans in the in the pipelines for for those kind of shows. So we we'll, we will move on, and we will look ahead to a return to championship action. We've, we have no fixtures in in November because of that sh- schedule that we spoke about, uh, but we're back with a bang this Saturday. All twelve teams involved uh, in action. Just run through the fixtures: Amdill at home to Hartbury, Cornish Pirates at home to Ealing Trail Finders. Uh, on a free-to-air there on, on the Championship Rugby website. Uh, Bedford Blues at home to Nottingham. Coventry at home to Doncaster Knights. Jersey Reds at home to Richmond. And London Scottish at home to Coldy in a, in a battle at the bottom of the table. What sticks out there, Gully, for you? There's there's some stuff going on at the top and at the bottom. Loads, isn't there? Like, I love it, the, all the games on a Saturday as well. I love that. Uh, it causes me carnage doing the predictions. But um, So... Obviously, Pirates, Ealing, that's the one that jumps off the page. Um, now, oh, I, I know I was down there. It's a horrible place to go and play unless you're the home team. So, and, you know, Pirates Pirates have come off the back of a really good cup campaign so far. Going into it, you know, pretty confident. I think the team sheets have gone out for, for Ealing. I'm not sure if it has or yet or not. But, I th- you know, there's some there's a couple of players potentially missing for them. So, I think Paves, Cats, and the boys will fancy that game. Whether they can turn them on, turn it over, turn them over. Sorry, um, is another thing. But wouldn't it be great if Pirates pipped them? Um, not as a ex-Pirate, but more as a as a fan of the league, uh, just to spice it up at the top of the league. So yeah, that one jumps off the page. I also Bedford, Nottingham, um, Bedford, the fourth in the league, and I sort of. I did predict they'd go quite well this year, just with with the, where they are with their squad and with their experience, Saints boys and that relationship. So, and Nottingham have had a really good start to the year. So that one, I think that'll be a, a nice high scoring game typically, but that'll be that'll be a good game to be at. Um, and then the one down at the bottom, 
Um, Scottish got their first one in the cup, didn't they? So, and I've, you know, Coldy have had a win at Rich. I know it's just, it's not the same team, but they've been down to London a couple of times and they've got good memories. So, how's how's Coldy's squad looking? You know, how sore are they? I know they ran a pretty similar team in the cup to they would in the championship. So, Scottish will fancy that. Um, so that one. That'll be really interesting as to what we said earlier with the cup and what happens towards the end of the season. That's a must-win game for Scottish. No, no question. The coaches are probably saying it isn't, but it, fuck me, it is. They have to win that game uh, for them to, you know, build their season and start their season. If they lose that, then the pressure comes on massively. I mean, let's not let's not beat around the bush. That's a must-win game for Scottish. So they're the three that really, really jump off the page to me. Yeah, I'm quite. I must admit, I, I, obviously, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for me with with my connection with the Pirates to to look beyond that game against Ealing. That's a you know that that home game for anyone in the league is 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 a big game, one of your biggest of the season. So, obviously, excited for that tomorrow and looking forward to see see how we go. Definitely, the other two you've touched on, but just to 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 give some to some traction to the other teams there to make sure we we cover everyone off. I think Jersey will they'll have uh, well actually looking at the kickoff times they start at three so. We start at two thirty. Be interesting. There'll be there'll be some people on the touchline there looking at their phones, checking to see how how that's going because they they're going to be when when Ealing have a tough game or when Jersey have a tough game. One of the two are looking out for a favour from someone else when it's that tight at the top. So they'll be looking to to re- record maximum points against Richmond. I would expect them to do that, but even the pressure on them can do funny things. So you never know. But I'm my 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 pick of the my pick of the rounds. Cobb against Don Donny uh, at Butts Park. I think. Cobber, Cobber playing a good brand of rugby this season. I enjoyed watching them. Um, not so much against us when they when they ripped us apart up there, but you know they looked good that day. So, you know, putting a neutral hat on, they played some good stuff, and and they're third in the league for a reason. So, that you know, we talked about it in previous pods. There's a couple of sides that you know can really can take on the big teams when they come. And Doncaster still are a big team. You know, they've not had the start potentially they would want. But I'm really interested to see how that goes. A quick pitch. Um, some some strong sides selected by all accounts, and and yeah, really interested to see who wins that. And just finishing off with with Ampdale and and Hartbury, and you know, expect the unexpected, I guess, a little bit. Ampdale seem to be in every single game they play against any opposition anywhere. They 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 really fight for every inch, as as we know all too well in in two games against them in the last month or so. But again, perhaps looking to maybe turn a corner, and and Hartbury the same. You know, you never know what team they're going to select with their with their ties and who they have available to them. So, yeah, I think that one could go either way, actually. It'd be interested to uh, to see your predictions, as always, Gully, and see see who you rub up the right way or the wrong way. Cough, Donny. Cough surprised me massively this year. Really, really impressed with their year and against Donny as well. They've just brought in Ed Robinson. and <laughs> Right, so I don't know, Ed, so apologies. I got a lot of text messages saying he had a very similar barnet to me. So uh <laughs> you're the OG. You're the OG. Yeah. So a shout out to Ed's uh Barnet, but also good luck good luck going in there. They've got a real strong coaching squad uh, team up there now. So yeah, Cov Donny's a big one, isn't it? I fancy Cov to win that, but maybe I might change my mind on the predictions. <laughs> well big thanks Gully. Thanks for coming back, mate. It's great to welcome you back on the show. Uh looking forward to to speaking to you again in a couple of weeks time available availability depending. Mike, dial in, dial in last minute again to save the day like today. Thanks, producer Ryan. 
And thanks again to everyone that's been listening. We really do appreciate it and all the love we're getting for the pod out there. So, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of exciting stuff coming up in 2023. Lots of exciting guests. And, uh, yeah, make sure you're following us on the socials and see you in a few weeks' time. Yeah, nice, mate. 2023, here we come. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 